City Smart Sustainability in Action podcast. Stories about people making a difference in waste, energy, water, transport and greenhouse emissions. Hi, I'm Bill McDonald and welcome to the Sustainability in Action podcast. Adam Nicholson is the Community Engagement Officer at Containers for Change the Queensland Container Deposit Recycling Scheme that's proven a huge success in helping clean up litter in Queensland. As of December 2019, more than 1.25 billion containers have been recycled through the scheme and more than $125 million has been returned to Queenslanders, charities and community organisations. Adam joins me now to talk about how Containers for Change's business model is really making a difference and could serve as an example to other businesses. Good to talk to you, Adam. I understand the Containers for Change scheme is funded by the beverage industry. Just what's the industry trying to achieve in funding such a scheme? Uh, Yeah, Bill. Well, it's very much uh, a part of the structure uh, of the scheme. We went through a a thorough consultation process in Queensland just to look at all the different models. Um, And what that group, you know, that was representatives of of industry, government, community groups, environmental groups, uh, and they recommended a product stewardship model. And product stewardship is an approach where whoever's manufacturing or or selling and and possibly even using uh, a product out there in the marketplace, they take responsibility for managing its environmental impact all the way through its uh, product life cycle. And so that approach gives the people who manufacture, in this case beverage manufacturers, uh, it gives them a a role and a stake, an incentive if you like, to recycle uh, containers. And you need that if you want to build that circular economy. And obviously that's something we want to do here in Queensland. Um, On top of that, it's very efficient because um, our scheme, we're commercially managed, but there's no emphasis on us to make a profit, only to drive the number the, the recycling numbers up. Um, and, and so that helps us by not having to deliver a profit we can actually run very lean still be efficient but we can run very lean and then that helps us because that minimises the additional costs on drinks to consumers who are ultimately our customers so we're looking after them. Um, an alternative approach might have been a profit based model where we sort of go into um, partnership with a private operator. The problem with that um, is I don't think it would have been very popular in Queensland because you know our drinks would have been would have been more expensive and and some other states have followed our lead um, where involve you involve uh, the manufacturer in that product stewardship model wa and act are following our model so look we think that's the best approach um, and so far so good just how powerful is it giving people a financial incentive to go out and recycle well it's obviously incredibly powerful because i mean the response to our scheme and i think response to schemes all around the world uh, has proven that they just work um, it's almost like there was a new form of currency invented overnight and um, you know the, the, the first couple of months uh, you know we knew it was going to be busy but it, we were astonished just how ready uh, people in Queensland were ready to go we did do some research about uh, you know what motivates people and specifically in Queensland you know it's obviously very different in the north to the west to the south so um, uh, you know we found probably not surprisingly um, some some I mean there were lots of groupings that we found but particularly we found there were those that would be swayed by em- uh, environmental arguments and then those who wouldn't be swayed by them at all and so we looked at some ways to combine that hip 
hip pocket cash incentive uh, with your more altruistic like community um, environmental outcomes and so if you look at our name containers for change um, that was deliberately part of our our approach of appealing to everyone in on that spectrum of of interest um, so our our containers for change can either be 10 cents pocket change or the sort of change that you want to see in the world so um, I think along that way we, we've learned that while cash incentive is very important and to some people will always be their most important overriding uh, factor and good luck to them, um, but we have noticed that over time as that initial novelty wears off, people start to think in a philanthropic way and start to think about donating to charities and community groups and the environment. I know in my case, our nine-year-old, he's really embraced it, loves it. and uh, the good, So there's a cash component. Yeah. But he also is getting a message, and it's like leading a generational change with some of these kids. Do you feel that? Definitely. Um, you know, I, I talk from my own personal experience as well. Um, my, my kids have really sort of quite understood what Dad does for a living, you know. Uh, he talks to people. <laughs> How does that work? Um, but now, uh, since I've been at Containers for Change for a couple of years, um, they really understand what I'm doing. They have a complete understanding. I mean, more than I knew before I started this job. Kids are really ready they really understand recycling. They just really get the sense of a circular economy because it just makes sense to them. Well, I was going to get you to talk a bit more about how Containers for Change is part of that circular economy. And that is, I guess, where are your recycled containers actually going and what kind of products are being manufactured from them? Absolutely. That's the exciting part uh, of, of what we do. Um, and, you know, now that we're established and, you know, more than a year, year old, um, we can look at um, that longer term, including, you know, that building and, and driving that circular economy. And one of the key things about a, con a container deposit scheme is that we get to control the materials that come in. So unlike a yellow top bin service where they can't control uh, the contamination that they get of their recycling, we have the ability to create really, really high quality materials with really, really low rates of contamination. Uh, and so what that does is that actually makes those materials more valuable in a market sense. And so therefore, um, the market forces, uh, you know, act to um, increase the volume. So by making them more value by valuable, by creating a value for them, we create a market and an interest. And now we've seen all this activity where uh, we're creating those. We sell them via an online auction portal in bulk. And so registered recyclers from all over the world can come on and bid and buy those. Um, as you can imagine, aluminium and PTE plastics are highly sought after because they retain their value. They're very high percent, a very low percentage of loss. Um, and so we sell uh, that to a very wide range of basically anything with a recycle mark uh, is potentially made of our materials. Glass is obviously a little bit harder. Um, we sell some back to beverage manufacturers for production of more bottles or, or can, uh, beverage containers um, but it, it's it's bulky to store it's uh, it's cheap to produce so it's not really something that people will import or, 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 or uh, ship for distances so we really need to um, the focus with glass the opportunity with glass is to create sort of local demand so you're not moving glass very far um, and so this is one of the really exciting areas we're having uh, some chats with um, manufacturers in a range of sectors some of them looking at pool filter uh, sand out of out of glass 
uh, and some of them are looking at um, uh, insulation, roof insulation made out of glass, so that sort of thing. So there's some really interesting uh, chats, but probably one of the most exciting is a lot of, is, is a lot of projects are trialling the inclusion of um, recycled material, basically crushed glass, and using it as a sand substitute to minimise the amount of virgin sand that needs to be mined out of potentially environmentally sensitive areas. So there's there's a uh, it's early days in that process. They're trialling, um, but it's very exciting. So I think we'll see some innovation in that area. There's always teething problems and people really rush to, to get into this scheme. Can you tell us some of the challenges you faced in making the program a success? Yeah, definitely, Bill. Um, I'd say just the sheer logistics of, of rolling out. Uh, I think on day one we opened 230 new businesses on one morning. It was it, um, And, so, and, and uh, it's obviously a very spread out uh, population on a very big state with some really unique geography um, and, and some other challenges. So I'd say... Um, probably the areas, some of the remote areas where people were dealing with smallish volumes and very large distances, but, but you know, relatively speaking, and in some cases inaccessibility due to weather or poor road conditions, that sort of thing. So we knew the far north and west would be difficult, um, and, but the Cape and the islands that are off the coast were incredibly difficult too, and we wouldn't have done it without some very special people in those areas. Um, you know, communities are different in some of those areas. Uh, in some cases, we've got um, their, their commercial businesses, but they almost act as an NGO or a community group. It, it's quite amazing to see how communities work together in those areas. Obviously, the task is a bit easier in southeast Queensland, um, uh, but you do get some different challenges. You know, some of our operators can't be as close to their customers as they'd like because of zoning and, and planning considerations. Obviously, if you've got more neighbours and glass is a, is a noisy <laughs> uh, operation. So, so there are some challenges there. But uh, in terms of the people challenges, we just, we, we're actually um, uh, you know, very grateful because we didn't have to sell the concept to Queenslanders. People were ready. They wanted it. And if anything, they just wanted, uh, they didn't need to be convinced. They just wanted to be, to, to be told... Where do I go? How do I get a part, get into this? So yeah, that was that wasn't the challenge we thought it w- would be. Doing some talkback radio myself, and was always a positive response. The question everyone asks is, "Can we have a, a, a recycle point here?" They wanted more. Is there are there more points coming? Uh, we'll we'll continue to fine tune. So year one we had uh, just over two hundred and thirty, uh, and f- uh, in in our second sorry at our first birthday. We had to have, I think, 307, and we cleared that pretty easily. Look, so we, we have some come in and some go out, um, but um, that that's really as people fine-tune. Our operators are fine-tuning to where the demand is. So it's pretty simple. Uh, that'll continue to increase or change location just until we get that perfect match. And you've probably also noticed that um, some of our bag drops or uh, you know unstaffed um, drop-off points are starting to transition into partly or fully uh, staffed um, because people, our operators, are happy to invest where they know there's that demand. Constantly a work in progress. Uh, Sounds good. Um, Before we let you go, what are the opportunities for community fundraising through the scheme here in Queensland? Well, that's a crucial aspect of the scheme, absolutely. So simply, if you're a community group with... um, you know, access to a venue or maybe you've got an event or a bar or a canteen that generates a lot of containers, let's say a sporting club, uh, then you, you can 
just contact our operators directly and see if they might be able to assist you or well, they will be able to assist you, see how they can assist you in collecting and managing those in, in sort of bigger volumes. They might be able to provide a bin or a trailer or maybe drop, uh, pick them up for you. Just give them a call and see. Obviously, the more volume you've got, um, the, 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 the more they'll be willing to, um, further they'll be willing to drive to come and get them. But if you're a smaller charity or community group, um, maybe operates mainly as an online network, a land care group or something for example, well, you can uh, still raise money. Uh, all you need to do is publicise your Containers for Change scheme ID on all of your communication channels, Facebook, website, newsletters, all that sort of stuff. And you're just encouraging, uh, begging, pleading people, uh, you know, your, your supported uh, networks out there um, to use your scheme ID when they next drop off their containers. So, for example, at home, I take in uh, my daughter and son's school PNC ID. And so we, we drop off our containers. But instead of taking the 5 or $6, we just pop the school PNC in there and that's a great way to, to raise money in a, with really not having to do any physical uh, work for it. It's just really turning um, all that goodwill you've got with your networks out there into some fundraising. Sounds great. Finally, before we let you go, from a marketing and, and I guess messaging viewpoint, what communications lessons do you think businesses who are in that sustainability space can take from your program? Well, um, look, like anyone, we're a continual work in progress. Uh, we get some things right and we, we uh, get some other things wrong, but we definitely have learnt a lot in, in you know, this journey. Uh, and I would probably sum it up to say that the project has been a good reminder that um, people out there are ready for a sustainable program or a sustainable option um, if, if there's a clear benefit to them and there's a safe and accessible and easy way for them to participate. Um, so in terms of our approach, we didn't try to remake those broader sustainability arguments. Um, uh, we, I think that was all done in the lead up to the scheme. Instead, we just focused on changing people's perception of a used drink container from being trash or something to throw away versus some, you know, uh, to something of value. And if you remember uh, our TV and radio approach, it's a, a nice, simple value proposition, um, hopefully simple and relatable uh, to our customers out there. There's a little can rattle, and we just sort of remind them that there's 10 cents in every every container and loss of avoidance as you know is, is a strong motivator for people um, you know they don't like to throw away things of value and they'll take steps to avoid a loss if they can um, and if you think about it that's probably the key change that we need to make to to build a circular economy is we've just got to change people's perception of things from being waste or something to throw away and look at it as being a valuable resource that can be used again and again in other ways. It's certainly been very popular. Great to chat with you. Thanks for joining us, Adam Nicholson, Community Engagement Officer at Containers for Change. It's a great scheme that's really engaging people power to increase recycling. I'm Bill McDonald. Another sustainability story from City Smart. Subscribe to the Sustainability in Action podcast at citysmart.com.au forward slash podcast. <laughs>